Hey, it's Todd Duncan. Welcome to High Trust Today, the podcast. I'm on a quest to help people win in business and in life. To do that, I know they must trust themselves, their relationships, their business, and they most certainly must trust their future. When you do that, you set in motion a universe of possibilities, and that journey begins right now. All right, guys. Hey, well, we want to uh, go ahead and get started on time. It is 12 p.m., and so first off, uh, we want to welcome you to join the conversation presented by the Loan Officer Leadership Podcast and MGIC. We want to thank each of you for showing up. I'm your host, Steve Kyles, and I've got my co-host, who is the digital content strategist for MGIC and a brainchild and push behind Loan Officer Hub, Ben Schmidt. What's going on, buddy? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Man, we are excited to have everybody here and a part of it. So we've got some partners to thank. Yep. So big thank you to everybody that was able to come out today. Definitely appreciate Loan Officer Leadership Podcast. If you're not a member of that group yet, please do join it on Facebook. Uh, MGIC, the company that I work for, Loan Officer Hub, great site to check out, Industry Syndicate, and then obviously our friends at the Mortgage Collaborative, Todd Duncan. We have people from Envoy Mortgage, uh, Cross Country Mortgage, and Thrive. So looking forward to hearing all the great insights today that uh, we are sharing and definitely looking forward to Todd Duncan and his insights. I tell you you. what, we are fired up and we're so excited that each of of you are here. You're in for a treat. Uh, We literally have the best in the country with us. Uh, So if you're here for the first time, we want to say welcome. Uh, Welcome to join the conversation. Hey, and do this for me. As you're joining and joining the conversation, type in the chat box your name and what city you're from. Uh, We want to hear from you. A big thanks to everyone who's watching on Facebook Live as well. Hey, and we want to encourage you, share this out uh, to your community. So we made the decision to broadcast live on Facebook so you guys could grab it, share it with those you feel like would benefit from the content we're going to be putting out today. And so, uh, hey, with that, let me set some expectation. Uh, We've got Todd Duncan, who I'm going to introduce in just a minute, and some special guests. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to just ask relevant questions we feel like our industry needs to know and hear. And so, uh, first off, uh, let me do this. Uh, You're going to want to stay till the end of the broadcast, because at the end, our special guests are going to share one or two tactics they're doing in their business right now to be at the top of their game. So with that, let me introduce our very first guest, Denise Donahue. Uh, She is affectionately known as the Mortgage Nerd. Uh, She is a top 1% originator, uh, throwing up 308 units for 90 million dollars. She is a certified mortgage planner, native Texan. Come on, what's up? And a Texas A&M graduate. So all of my Texas A&M grads say something in the comments. What's up, Denise? Hey, what's going on? And in Aggie land, we say whoop. So I'm going to say whoop to everyone. Well, say whoop in the comments. Come on now. (laughs) Hey, listen, we got my good friend, Adam Delmonico, uh, who I absolutely love out of Providence, Rhode Island. We featured him on a few episodes back. How a rookie three years in the business funded 160 units for $43 million with Movement Mortgage. What's up, Adam Delmonico? Steve, thanks for having me. Hey, man, we are thrilled you are here. Lizzie Hoffer, come on. That's all you got to say. Mic drop right there. All I know is how great it's got to be to be able to say number one female originator in the United States with Cross Country Mortgage, 
funding 981 units. She's a public speaker, podcast host, and an extraordinary leader. Uh, we are thrilled to have you, Lizzie. Oh my God, what an honor. And I carry you with me everywhere. I'll, I'll, I'll be your <laughs> megaphone. Come on. Hey, and then my good friend, James Beaver, uh, we have known each other. We started our careers out together in the Houston market, my hometown, Texas, producing branch manager for Envoy Mortgage, the largest, most profitable branch for Envoy. Great thought leader, helping uh, lead the Loan Officer Collective, a collaborative of loan officers in Houston. Brother, we are honored to have you here, James Beaver. Thanks for having me, Steve. Good time, buddy. It's been a while. It's been a while, but listen, all my Texas Houston people put some comments down below. We want to know that. Hey, and then drum roll, please, everybody. Uh, we've got a New York Times bestselling author, which I've read most of his books, uh, over 16 books, including Time Traps, High Trust Selling. Uh, he's the mortgage industry's most popular motivational speaker and teacher with more than 25 years uh, in the coaching world coaching top producing sales professional and it's funny he's been featured in new york times wall street journal entrepreneur magazine success magazine fox news and i could keep going on and on but he's the visionary force behind the annual sales mastery event attended by over a hundred thousand loan officers and real estate professionals affecting and influencing over a half million people a year he's the founder of high trust and a new friend todd duncan what's up my brother Hey, man, I want your energy. Whatever you do in the morning, I want it, man. I want to take it, I want to drink it, and I want to, I want to infuse it, man. You are on fire, Steve Kyle. It's good to be with you guys. Well, we are thrilled to have you, my friend. And hey, we've got a ton of content. Uh, everybody's going to be asking questions and stay till the end because our uh, guests are going to be answering tactics. So Todd, let's just jump in. There are people um, that may be new to the industry and don't really know Todd Duncan. Uh, talk to us about uh, your service to the industry. What got you in here or in this business and, and what got you to where you're at today? Yeah, thanks. So um like most people, I think I, I did not wake up at the age of five wanting to be a mortgage professional. I didn't know what I wanted to do coming out of college. I had a degree in finance and marketing. Just so happens my little league coach when I was younger also owned one of the top real estate companies on the West Coast, Tarbell Real Estate, and they had a lender. So it was the 4th of July after I graduated. Uh, I was in the backyard and he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, I didn't know. And he said, why don't you be a mortgage professional? And I said, what's that? And he said, let me explain it to you. About a week later, I had an interview with the local manager, and about a week after that, I was hired. I had 90 days at 1500 bucks a month in a draw, and then I was straight commission four months out of college, and I had the good fortune of running into somebody when I was very young in the business. This guy, Don Barnes, 400 units. He was 34 years old. I was brand new, and, uh, and I reached out to him, which I think is one of the keys that everybody needs to understand. We all need mentors. We all need people that can expedite our journey, right? And he sat down with me for a half a day. <clears throat> he expedited my journey. He told me everything I needed to do to be a top producer. And at the end of my first year with an average loan amount of $75,000, I funded $27 million in volume. And so it was really, really solid. I got off to the, got off to the races the right way. And two years into the business, so I'm 25 years old, my manager asked me if I'll start training the new recruits that they hire. And I had never thought about that whatsoever. So every month they brought in about 10 new LOs. I got to do the training and, and then it kind of, cycled back and these guys were saying, man, that made all the difference. That made all the difference. That made all the difference. In the meantime, I'm scaling my own business and something happened at the age of 28, 29. I started thinking about 
<clears throat> you know, I do mortgages really well. I had at that time closed almost 5,000 transactions in nine years. And um, I went to a, a huge seminar that was not for mortgage people. It was 2,000 salespeople. And the guy that was leading it was talking about right livelihood. And he said, if money didn't matter, what would you want to do with the rest of your life? And my answer that morning was, I would want to teach people how to do the mortgage business at level 10. And I made a decision that day. <clears throat> Six months later, I started the Duncan Group. Nine months later, I got my first speaking contract. And the rest, as they say, is history. We have over 5 million clients around the globe. High Trust is the, the, the moniker of the company. It's what we built the brand on. And, uh, and that, that early start with one guy that kind of set me up by giving me some really key questions that I had to answer today has put me in a spot where I look back and, and, you know, running mastery for 28 years. I mean, I, wow. I have a hard time believing that I've run a seminar for 28 years and it's still packed every year. So I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful for the industry. Uh, I pride myself on helping people win. And I think what we do is we help people make more money for the right reasons. We help them make that money in less time for the right reasons. And we have them do that with less stress for the right reasons, because we want everybody to have a happy life and a happy bank account. And if you can do those two things, we're in good shape. Man, that's so good. Hey, um, let me ask you this. When you look through the lens of high trust, what do you see happening today? So, so what we know for sure is that trust in the financial services is on the de decline. It's been on the decline for the last 30 months. We do a global study every single year. We look at 28 different countries. And what's happening in trust is that technology, even though it is a play, has actually caused trust to suffer. Um, it's interesting when we start to think about the, the decision I made when I was a young LO, the decision I made as a young LO was to favor relationship over transaction. And I decided that if I, if I had the right relationship, I could, in fact, do the business. But if I just went after the business without the right relationship, I wouldn't have continuity, wouldn't have referrals, wouldn't have repeat business. And my mentor, that guy I just mentioned to you said, he said, trust is the most important thing in the world. Because the opposite of trust, and this is for every LO, every manager, you got to understand this. The opposite of trust is tension. And you can't get anybody to say yes to anything if tension is high and trust is low. So um, in the last 12 months, trust in America in financial services has gone down seven points. So that's a, that's a big number. That's a big number. And technology right now is causing upwards. If you have bad technology, technology that isn't relevant, technology that isn't easy to use, and technology that doesn't communicate in the way it's expected to communicate, you can have over a 100-point negative swing in NPS, which is net promoter score. I mean, you can literally go from a 95 wow. positive to 110 negative if you have the wrong technology. So I'm in favor of technology but I'm in favor of technology supporting humanity. And what we're seeing right now with capacity, what it's at, it's a lot of break in trust, a lot of, a lot of tough stuff going on, a lot of unemployment going on, a lot of you know, furloughs going on, a lot of capacity challenges going on. So trust is getting tested. And um, I'll just say this to everybody, trust is your superpower. It is absolutely wow. your superpower. If there is no trust, there is no business. Man, that's so good. Um, hey, and let me do this. I want to bring uh, Denise, which is has been coached by you in the past. And so, uh, Denise, she's got. A, everybody's going to ask a question. So, Denise, why don't you take sure. it next? 
I love that what he's talking about with trust. Um, and I did, I, when I got licensed in 2012, the first thing I did was go to sales and mastery. Thank gosh. And then, um, but my, my question to you, Todd is in the environment that we've been in, and I know all of us are, you know, all around the U S so all of us are being impacted a little bit differently, but with COVID and having to work completely virtual, you know, most of us go to the office every day with our teams and our loan officer assistants, our processors and so forth. What would be your best advice right now to a team lead or even just an individual loan officer staying in the mindset, staying in the grit? We're all juggling the refi boom with purchases. How do you lead in a time of quarantine life that we're in now? Yeah, so it's you know it's a it's a great question, and I think technology does have a, a super positive role in this. The first word that comes to mind is is whether we're under one roof or not, we have to be aligned, and we have to have um, kind of a common objective, and we've got to make sure that we balance load capacity with the right kind of borrowers for the right reason at the right time. And you know I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of opportunity to to use technology to rise to the occasion. Um, a couple things that come to mind is is daily huddles. You know, let's have a Zoom meeting in the morning. Let's have a Zoom meeting in the afternoon. Let's have 15 minutes just as a huddle. What are we going to do today? What are we trying to accomplish today? What are the tough hurdles we got to get over today? You know, what are the victories we get to celebrate today? That kind of alignment is is super, super important. And I think that the other thing that that is really critical right now is that we need to celebrate. There needs to be some type of acknowledgement each and every day in the midst of the toughness of the industry. I mean, the capacity, the volume, rates being low. I mean, it's all going on, right? But we're working so hard, we're not taking enough time to celebrate and to to really that a boy or that a girl, you know, pats on the back, victory for the day, that type of thing. I just did a coffee with Todd episode with two leaders and, uh, and they said by five o'clock every day, they want to celebrate one person. They have 40 people on the team. They want to celebrate one person a day that has helped achieve the goal and, and gotten through some of the tough times. So alignment is super important. Get people in their roles, you know, have them do what they are gifted at doing. Make sure we don't fill the pipeline with a lot of loans that may or may not uh, be able to make it to funding because we don't want a lot of drag and friction and, and you know, uh, low ROI or no ROI. And, um, and then balance load everything, you know, there's a point in time to say no to volume, uh, so that you can do a better job so that you can say yes to more volume. And, you know, those are things that come to mind immediately. Wow. Hey, isn't that isn't that interesting? Say no to say yes. <laughs> yeah. That's so yeah. tough to do. Seriously. Yeah. Well, um, man, that's so good. And Adam, talk to you had a question. Yeah, Todd, good to see you. Thanks for being on. Hey, this. man. Um, so you know, I can definitely resonate with your story. I started right out of college. I'm 25 currently. So thinking back to 27 year old you, who was just named as a top one percenter for the first time, what advice would you give yourself that you know now that you wish someone gave you um, back then five years ago? You know, I was really, I was really thinking about that question. And, um, and, and the first thing that came to mind, Adam, is I, I really, I really don't know what I would tell myself that I know now that I didn't know then because I had the good fortune of finding somebody that knew how to do it, right? I would tell you the three major victories that I had in the first year that set up my entire career is I made a decision that relationships were more important than transactions. That was number one. Number two, I made the decision that I cannot scale this on my own and that I have to believe in building a team. 
And the third decision I made, and this was the most powerful decision I made, is every customer is a resource for referrals for life. And it was customer for life thinking in 1981. And I'll say it today, just like I'll say it, like I said it then, is if you want your customers for life, you have to talk to them during their life and you've got to love on them during their life. And the most regretful thing that loan officers wish they could have a do-over on is working their database and building that tribe so that they would have a consumer-centric cash flow that's going on like fire right now. And so those are the things that, that, that I think I was told to do that I did do that were, that were reasonably contributory to, to my success. The, the one thing I wish that I had a do-over on is in the whole spirit of connection. And, and by that, I simply mean that, that I got really clear about three years in, the deeper I would go in a conversation, the more influence I could create. So the first three years, I was a little bit too, I wasn't superficial as a human being. I was just trying to get the deal done for the relationship. When I started realizing that deeper questions create deeper relationships and therefore then more referrals, higher conversion, more stick to, stick to less, you know, going somewhere else. I wish I'd learned that from day one, that connection is the mother load. And by the way, trust and connection are very symbiotic, right? If, if, if I go deeper with you, the deeper I go, theoretically, the more you will trust me with your mortgage, with big decisions you got to make, financial challenges, things like that. So those are the things I would answer that question to. Three things I did well, and one thing I wish I had done better. That's awesome. Thanks, Todd. Yep. Yep. All right, Lizzie. Lizzie. Such an honor. Um, so you've had the benefit of working in a ton of different economies. You've seen busts, you've seen booms. And even though right now, most of us are experiencing an overwhelm in refinances, there's still a lot of anxiety and fear with what's to come, um, especially with forbearances and furloughs and if, if we're gonna see this second wave. So knowing what you know now and having to have sold in a variety of different types of economic climates, what do you think is like one tried and true prospecting tactic that people can implement in any economy? So, so I, I think that the, the first thing I would say is that markets come and markets go. Um, every refinance has to have a purchase at some point. So the, the two are symbiotically linked. And I would start to be thinking about, it's not the market that we're in, it's how we're in the market. And when I first got into the market, I'll just share this real quickly. Um, prime was 20%, unemployment was 13.5%, consumer confidence was at an all-time low, FHA and VA was 17%, five points, um, the sky was falling, everybody thought that nobody would buy a home. And what I chose is I chose to redefine fear, okay? And so most people think fear as a word is negative. I define it as positive, you know, face everything and rise. That's what fear really stands for. No matter what the market is, face everything and rise. And so what I did is I made a decision that everybody thought we were in a recession. Everybody thought the sky was falling. So I had a button made up that I wore on my suit calling on realtors. And the button said, rumor has it we're in a recession. I'm not participating. And I made a choice. I made an attitude choice. The rest of the world can go down in flames, but I'm going to be the most optimistic person in the world. I have a cup right now that says my cup is always full. I drink out of this cup every single day because attitude drives everything. So what's tried and true in any economy 
your closing loans were first and second together is 18 and a half percent. You better be freaking optimistic or you're not going to get any business whatsoever. Right. So I chose optimism. I chose attitude. And I think the other thing that is absolutely true in any difficult season is tough times never last. Tough people do. We have the we have the, the brilliance of a great market. Hard markets are hard. Easy markets are hard. The market we're in is hard, even though rates are low. And so you've got to, you've got to approach everything with positivity, 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 and not just superficial. You got to believe it. You got to believe that deep down in your heart, you are destined for greatness and you've got to own that. You've got to own your, you got to own your future. You got to own that. This is economies define your future. Economies define who you become, good or bad, you know? So that's what I would say about, you know, kind of the, the tried and true. I don't know if it's the right answer, but that's kind of my attitude. Pos- hey, Todd, 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 mic drop, brother. <laughs> mic drop. That is on. Come on, man. Like, I feel like we got to all do some, some comments down below. What was your best part? Like we're done guys. We'll see y'all later. <laughs> that was so good. Um, uh, hey, and I love that face everything and rise. How powerful yeah, and then is that? When you really, when you really get good, the same word stands for feeling excited and ready. <laughs> Why would you wake up every day and let fear overwhelm you? Why don't you feel excited and ready? Let's get on with it. My what? okay, James, you're up next, bro. Come on, James. I don't know where to go from there. Uh, Todd, I love that you uh, early in your career started coaching new loan officers to to perform at level ten. Um, that's something I'm passionate about. Here, we've been bringing in newbies and love uh, love coaching them up. And I know a lot of them are listening right now. Uh, before the the COVID hit, uh, I know they were really getting out there and trying to meet people. Right, they're just getting started. Uh, meeting key relationships for the first time. They don't have a lot of transactions through which they could build rapport and things like that. What advice would you have for a complete rookie uh, as a loan officer who's struggling to get face-to-face with people? Um, There's only so many Zoom calls people seem to be willing to take on. And and so I'd just love to hear your thoughts on uh, advice for newbies who need to get out there and start building relationships uh, as they begin their careers. So I think, uh, James, thanks and congrats on your success as well. I, I, think it's, um, I think it's really important to follow the playbook, right? And the playbook, whether you have a face-to-face legit and you're you know, three feet apart from each other or you have a face-to-face and it's on Zoom, um, you have to use whatever the technology and whatever the circumstance that you have is but the playbook stays the same. And so for the new, the newbie, if you will, the playbook is you have got to target, you know, somewhere between 30, 40, 50 realtors, if you're new, and you got to do that in 60 to 90 days or so, it's the tsunami effect, right? And so in the High Trust Sales Academy, we teach, um, we teach the idea of how do you create urgency and value, right? Which today a newbie has to create value. And in the old days, it was a FedEx envelope. It was an autographed book. It was a it was a business letter. Today, it can be a video brochure. It can be it can be that same FedEx with a video in it or a, a thumb drive with some ideas on it, whatever. But I've got to I've got to reach out. And by the way, the time to reach out is now because most lenders are not working their realtors right now, right? And we know this, and we know that this is gonna this is gonna happen. 
And so if, if they can get about targeting and they can, you know, partner up with a title company or partner up with uh, an escrow officer or an attorney and figure out, you know, even with some of the MTA reports and things like that, who are the agents that are really worth me going after as a newbie, not the top producers, not the bottom, but somewhere in the middle. And what if I just desire to introduce myself to one realtor a day for the next 30 days? So 20 new realtors for the next month. And then if I followed up two days later and I scheduled a Zoom high trust interview with them, you know, 20 minutes or so, and then um, and then I, I I followed up with a um, a business planning meeting a week after that and kind of a strategic plan with some ideas that that I learned and you told me you had needs around and I went and figured out how I could help you with those. Bottom line right now is is that is the foundational playbook for everything, and whether whether they're new or not. You know, you've got to be able to get people's attention. You got to be able to have a referral if you can to that person because that that makes the call a lot easier. And today we use video, FaceTime, Zoom, and, and the same kind of deal. We can do a high trust interview today in a face-to-face -face way with this. I mean, look at all of us. We're six of us, seven of us, right? And we're doing that. So I, I think that would be what I would advise. And then the, the big deal right now, and this is for any LO, is if you're not doing business reviews with your agents once a month right now to set the hook so that whenever this market changes, you've got that market engaged, nobody's doing it right now. We talked to 200 real estate agents last week, and with the exception of four of them, 196 said they haven't seen a lender in two months. So, you know, it's, it's that juxtaposition of, of I, I've got I've to handle the business right now, but I have got to carve the time. Otherwise, I'm going to fall off a cliff when refis go away. That's great. Thanks a lot, Todd. Yeah, man. Hey, that, that, that's such good wisdom. You know, it's easy to get caught in today's activity and forget about tomorrow's planting the seeds. I mean, you got to plant seeds today for, for the harvest we're going to see or you're going to have a tough fourth quarter. That's 100%. I, yeah, 100%. Hey, Ben, what you got? Hey, Todd. So I'm curious, you're very passionate about a lot of different things. I want to know what motivates you to get out of bed each day, each morning, hustle hard and get out there and get it. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Simple question, right? Simple question. Um, you know, for me, Ben, it's, it's impact. I mean, I'll just, I'll just tell you right now that, that um, I was in Australia. I was speaking to 4,000 real estate agents, and uh, I was on a podcast after my speech. And um, the gal asked me, she said, so, so at the end of the podcast, she said, well, so what's the future of high trust? And I looked at her and I said, um, I want high trust to make it to the edge of the world. And she said, what does that mean? I said, I want everybody in the world to understand that you get to make a choice about trust in your life. And I am going to spend every waking moment getting that to the rest of the world. I have seven trademarks in seven countries. And um, for me, it's like I wake up every day and I ask the question, who's next? I mean, literally, who's next? And often it's not what one person is going to tell me who's next, but it's like I live for that. I got a thank you card here yesterday. I'm just going to read. I didn't know the question, Ben. It says, Todd, thank you for taking the time to be with us all and share your insight into what you're seeing and how you're getting through these times. Your message was so impactful and really touched our hearts. You're the best and we absolutely love you. We are huge fans and we will always be loved so much. The Dream Team Hubbard. And I got that thank you. And so all I had to do was 
all right, I'm done. I got a thank you card today. You know, and then just times that by thousands and thousands and thousands. So what keeps me going is there's still a life to change and there's still a difference to be made. Man, come on. That's good. Hey, we'll, we'll talk about this. So we're, we're at the halfway mark and Todd, we are super excited because uh, high trust is going to offer a free diagnostic and free coaching call uh, to everyone who is attending this webinar and to the loan officer leadership community and loan officer hub community. And so you guys, let me just give you the web address. It's hightrust.com forward slash L O L P. Uh, and Astrid's going to drop it in the comments below. Uh, but Todd, talk to everybody about that. And then we're going to do one more round of questions. Well, Denise could tell you about this because she came through the, the, the uh, I Trust Sales Academy, which was the boot camp at the time she came through. And she went through a diagnostic and she was brand new and she had funded like $7 million in volume. And she went through the diagnostic in the class and the following year knocked on the door, I think, of, of $35, $34 million in change in 12 months, right? Do you remember that, Denise? Yeah, so the diagnostic my life was changed. That was the best event I had ever been to in my life. And I'll just say, I went to Sales Mastery first and I was kind of uncertain. I was like, should I do it? <laughs> My friend Wally was like, you need to do it. And then literally it was like, poof. I mean, it was intense. So it was a couple of days and the binder is this thick. I still have that binder and I still look at that binder. So hands down, if you're a loan officer and you want to double your business, do more, but have an efficient way of living life, you got to go. Let me put this in perspective. You went from 7 million to 90 million in eight years. Excuse me. I think that's, I think that is uh, demonstrating what's possible. So real quick, just guys, everybody watching, you've got to learn, grow and get better. I mean, every consultant in the world would tell you that you have to have a baseline. You have to be able to go through a doctor would tell you, what is your baseline? Let's do an examination. Let's figure out where you're good, where you're not good, where you need help, where you don't need help. Let's go through and let's isolate that. Right? So this diagnostic is free. It's just, you know, whether you do anything with it or not, just go through it and let it move you to understand what you're doing right, what maybe you could do better, and maybe what isn't even on your radar that you need to be thinking about. And then once you have that diagnostic complete, let one of our certified coaches just walk you through maybe the one or two things on the diagnostic that you really feel are important to your future. No obligation, no strings attached. I wake up every day and I tell my coaches, we are here to make a difference and change lives, period. So do the diagnostic, you know, get a copy of it, hit the button, have a, have a certified coach, have a call with you. And here's the deal. The market's going to change. We know that. Nobody knows when, but the market's going to change. And the question is, do you want to be ready when the market changes? And if you don't want the income you're making now to get split in half, because it's going to take you another year to get the regular business back up and running, you need to do this. And it's, uh, it, it is, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful tool, Steve. And it's Thank free you. and it's for the community. Right. So you guys do it. Right. Hey, and listen, let me, and jumping back into some of the questions, because just thank you for your contribution and what you do for our community and for this industry. Um, hey, but I've watched a lot of your social posts through C19 and really you've talked about push versus flow. What do you mean by that? Uh, <clears throat> So there's, um, there's a book out that's called The Surrender Experiment. It's by, by a guy named Michael Sanger. And um, push, pu here's push. Push is you try to make things happen. Push is you try to 
execute this pushes, you try to control this pushes, you know, that's push, right? Flow is to understand the gift of a moment. And every moment is a gift. Every single day, you and I probably are exposed to maybe hundreds of different moments. You know, do I turn left? Do I turn right? Do I go forward? Do I slow down? What's good about this? What's bad about this? What does this mean to me? What lesson can I learn from this? And the deal with flow is to understand that everything does happen for a reason. Everything that gets presented to you requires you to look at that thing and decide what it means to you. And depending on how you handle a moment, determines what happens in the next moment. So flow is not throwing your hands to the, the air and saying whatever happens, happens. That's not flow. Flow is to have curiosity about every circumstance that you're involved in and just to have a mindset that, okay, so this happened, what does that mean? I'll give you an example. So we, I don't know, first week of April, we had to cancel the High Trust Sales Academy, okay? And so if you, if you look at push, you go, holy cow, you know, that's a big chunk of money to the company. Um, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Instead, we took a deep breath and said, what might this be teaching us? You know, if you're an event company, what does COVID-19 actually tee you up for? What's the innovation that can come from a challenge what breakthrough can a breakdown create and what is good about anything that is happening and how can I go through that moment to leverage what I do next? So as a, as a result of that, as a result of that, we get to affect 150 people at the Academy. That's the lid. We, we tap it out at 150 people. <clears throat> we, we, we converted, we, we pivoted immediately and I have now impacted close to 35,000 people in one month since that what? decision yes. by just going online every morning at nine o'clock and having what's called coffee with Kai. So what's good about losing the academy? Well, nothing, but what's good about <laughs> it is we just impacted like 3,000% more people. Mm. So that's Man, that's okay. awesome. That's powerful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, man, how you handle a moment determines your next moment. Right. Man, and, and, and isn't it interesting? We've, we've really seen two sides of the industry, Todd. We've seen people are either paralyzed in fear or people are choosing to innovate regardless of fear. And I think that that's really where the pendulum swings is that, you know, what you're talking about is allowing tough times uh, to create a different flow and innovate in a space that'll give you more impact. Man, that's powerful, you have to have You have to have the right attitude. Yeah. If you don't have a flow, if you don't have a flow attitude, you will get boxed in mm. and fear will, fear will take on that negative. Let's face it. Fear is just a word. I decide the emotion I attach to it. So when you're in flow, there's nothing negative. Mm. <laughs> Everything <laughs> has something. A purpose. Of yeah. So yeah. good. Yeah. Come yeah. on, Denise, you're next. <laughs> Man, so many good nuggets. All right. My second question was, this was, this was something I actually learned going through the high trust sales Academy. And before I went to it, and I think a lot of loan officers have the same mindset is that in our industry with how our days are set up, it's nearly impossible to time block your day, your month, your year. Um, 
I even chat, I have that challenge with some of the team members I have on my team is that they're like, oh, it's just not possible. This curveball gets thrown at you. And, and then before they know it, they're busy being busy, but they didn't get a whole lot done. So Todd, what would you say to the loan officers or even loan officer assistants that might be listening? Can you actually time block your day in this industry? And what would you say to those who don't maybe believe that? Okay, so I would say not only can you, but you have to. And, and I would tell you right now that, that time blocking uh, is the path of hardest resistance. If it were easy, everybody would be ordered, scheduled, and balanced. The deal is, is people miss, they miss two things, okay? Number one is, if you have bought into the myth that this is a reactionary business, you have missed the biggest breakthrough you could ever have. And that is, everything that you react to has a proactive solution. So reaction is the byproduct. It is a systemic break in proaction. Pro means do in advance, re means do after it's required. So I have to look at what are the things I normally react to. And in, in the very simplest of ways, that reaction can be handled by process improvement. It can be handled by a different proactive system. It can be handled by doing something upfront instead of doing it later. It can be the whole idea behind proactive is if you look up the word priority and you understand the word prior, what prior means is what can I do prior to me having to react to something? And that's the big thing that people have to get. So when something happens, I have to say, why did this happen? How do I enable my team or me so it doesn't happen again? It's like email. You know, we, if you open email in the morning and you leave it on, you're going to be an email. But what we know is that email consumes two hours and seven minutes of negative time per day per loan officer in America. And about 90% of the emails that they look at are not going to generate revenue. And so why do we get tied into that? Well, we get tied into it because we haven't blocked it from being out of our frame of reference. So here's the answer. The answer is time blocking only works if you block what interrupts time blocking. That's the key right there. I, I can have a time block all day long, but if, if my doors aren't shut, if I turn my whole thing around right now, my doors are shut. I got 20 feet of glass doors here. When they're shut and you're in my, on my team, you cannot interrupt me. You can't stand at the glass and knock. You can't. I turn email on twice a day for 10 minutes each. I don't want to be tied into that. Now, you might be saying, well, what about all the uh, refis today? What about all those emails? Well, great. Do you still want to be the person that decides which two out of every 10 emails are the ones to read? So time blocking is never going to go away. You should do three things every single day. You should talk to borrowers. You should talk to referral partners. And you should develop a kick-ass operational experience for the consumer. That's it. If you're going to be a high, Lizzie will tell you this, Denise, you, you didn't go to nine mil, 90 million because you worked harder, you know? And so here's the deal. People try time blocking for an hour and it doesn't work. And so they give up. I teach it. I'm still trying to perfect it. And I've been following it for 30 years. So here's the deal. Flow. An interruption is a positive thing. 
if you decide how to prevent that interruption from ever happening. You have to have a prevent defense so you can play offense. Everything that's reacting, causing you to react, causing your team to react, dollarize that out and it is costing you a fortune. That's so, so good, man, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Come on, Adam, you're next. That just might've changed like everything about my business forever. <laughs> um, my question did kind of get answered, so I'm gonna go off the cuff a little bit if that's okay. Um, so sure. just wanna get your opinion uh, a little bit on work-life balance, just because as a loan officer, I mean, we all know you never leave done, right? There's always something else that you can be doing. Um, so especially, you know, being early on in the industry, how do you shut it off? How do you, you know, how do you have that work-life balance or do you not believe in work-life balance and you just believe in just go till you drop now so you don't have to later? So what's your opinion on the work-life balance? So, so let me, let me say, uh, I, first of all, I love the fact that you've asked a random question because I, I, I you know, I'm going to give you my first answer. If you don't put boundaries on your business, you will not have balance in your life, period, end of story. And I will tell you that the longer you work in any given day, the less productive you get per minute. So the, the idea behind work-life balance is schedule life boundaries. When do I start? When do I end? Okay. And then make the business efficient in whatever time frame you're allocating for the business. And what I mean by this is you cannot multitask after work. You cannot go home and be committed to your family and to your technology at the same time. You have to be able to understand that the top 10% of workers in the world, okay, they work 52 minutes and then they take 17 minutes of break time, 52 minutes of productivity, 17 minutes of break time, 52 minutes of productivity, 17 minutes of break time. And they're the top 10% of income earners in the world. So you don't get paid on how busy you are and you don't get paid on how many hours you work. In fact, Stanford will tell you the more hours you work over 55 hours, the less any one hour contributes to growth and to success. So I tell people, Adam, you're gonna love this. I say, <clears throat> you should actually work 24 seven. That's the only way to be successful, 24 seven. And most people think 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I, and I, and I say, so what does that actually mean? And, and you guys are going to laugh, but it means 24 hours a week, seven months a year. That, that's what it really means. Yes. It, you know, if you can be, no, seriously. Yes, you can I'll be, take I, that. I got it. Done. Hey, check it out. I, We're all going I on got, vacation after this, brother. <laughs> this is it. one of the, this is one of the guys I coach and it's what? like 150, $150 million this year is his 2020 goal. <laughs> and he took 20 weeks off last year. Come on. He, he owns a, he owns 101 rental properties and uh, has no debt except for his mortgages. And who says you have to work 60 hours a week? So good. So Adam, I believe, I believe that work-life balance is mandatory. Okay, and I believe that if you're not taking care of you, you're disservicing your employees and your customers. I just want to take care of number one. I just want to say thank you on my girlfriend thanks you. I mean, so thank you for that. I love Make it. Make sure she fills out the diagnostic <laughs> and we'll do a free coaching call with her. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Lizzie. Come on. Um, so, Todd, one of the questions that I actually get challenged with the most is people want to know, like, what the secret ingredients are to be successful. And every time I give them the answer of just like prospecting consistently, 
they're always like, well, no, what's the real secret sauce? So I think in, in your, all of your experience of interview, like interviewing top producers, right? What do you think the key, like the similar ingredient to everybody is? <clears throat> so I, I think, I think the first thing, Lizzie, um, the first thing is vision and, and all top producers have vision. They, they, they have some clarity around where they want to go and they balance that with purpose, which is why do I want to go there? So there's a difference between just waking up and saying, I want to be number one and waking up and saying, I want to be a top producer. I want to, I want to leverage my God gifted skills. And, and I want to, I want to do this, this, this business this way. And this is why I want to do it. There's a point in time where you realize as a top producer, I mean, you 900 units, I mean, <laughs> on what planet, right. on what planet, right? right? And you would go, you would go, well, 900 lives, 900 families, 900 distinct, you know, indelible moments of light and impact that I get to have on people's lives. And that's inspiring, right? The other thing behind vision is, and, and you understand this as a top producer, in fact, everybody on this webinar, on this panel understands it, the higher your vision, the more grit it will take to get there. Mm -hmm. And so, so I think top producers balance vision and grit. I think they understand that there's not an easy way to make my goal work. There's a productive, profitable way to make it work. Okay. But it is, if it were easy, everybody would be there. So the hard road is the hard road because it's hard to get on and it's hard to stay on. That's the road of vision and grit. The easy road is the easy road because it's easy to get on and it's easy to stay on, which is no vision, no grit. I'm going to take the business as it happens, blah, 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 blah. So top producers are intentional, they're purposeful, and they know that it takes grit to get to where they want to go. And they don't give up. They just don't give up, but they have the right reason to do it. It's not for accolades. It's because of an indelible impact. I don't have to do what I'm doing right now, but as I said, there's still like 3 billion people that need to hear my message. I love it. I knew you'd have a better answer than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, but that's so good. You know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, um, our, our coaches would tell you that the other thing that makes top producers really, really, really um, zone in on high performance is measurement and they're measuring every single day. We measure hourly rate every two weeks. And all we wanna do is we wanna watch your hourly rate continue to go up and up and up while watching your hours come down and come down. And that's why the diagnostic's gonna be so important for you guys to take action on because I don't, I don't believe that anybody gets a pat on the back because they've worked the most hours. There's not one person in the industry whose paycheck is about how many hours you work. It's about how productive you were each minute you decided to be on the job. So it's that straightforward. Man, that's so good. You can't manage what you don't measure. Uh, yeah, the measuring 100%. is such a big piece. Hey, James, yep. talk to us. Yeah, just first of all, I just want to say thanks to everybody for all these awesome questions. I'm thinking of every question. I can think of somebody in our organization who, like, please, God, I hope they're listening to this. This is awesome stuff. Um, Todd, I know you, you're talking about three crucial decisions that every loan officer on the planet should be making right now. Can you talk to us a little bit about Kind of what those are and the importance of those decisions. 
So, I, you know, the things that come to mind immediately is, is you have to wake up every day and your commitment is, I got to help people win. I mean, you know, the, the formula for success is people will leave an encounter with you. And if they don't feel they're winning, they won't do business with you. And so the, the fundamental question, whether it's working with a borrower, a realtor, a builder, a financial planner, whomever it is, is how can I help you win? Okay, and that is the question of the day. And what would a win look like for you? Um, you know, a week after we close your loan, what would need to happen over the previous 30 days for you to feel that we helped you win? That, that's, that's critical. Imagine going to an agent and, and asking an agent in the next 24 months, what are the three biggest wins that you need to have as a real estate professional and how can I help manifest or facilitate those? So winning is number one. Number two is to be in the solution business and to be a solutionist. You know, we're not loan officers. We are mortgage professionals architecting home loan solutions. That's what we're doing. And so we've got to be in the solution business. We're not in the rate business. We're not in the timing business. We're not in, the, we're not in any business other than the solving business. And in the world in which we live today, you can get on demand answers to any question any one of your clients has if you don't know that. I'll give you an example. I had a CEO that, um, that said to me on a phone call about nine months ago, she said, I wish I had a crystal ball. And I heard that, right? So active listening is listening for action. And so when she said, I wish I had a crystal ball, after the call was over, I told Alicia, I said, I need you to find a really, really beautiful crystal ball with a sterling silver stand, and I want you to send it to the CEO. And so now this crystal ball sits on her desk, and every time she thinks of what she has to do as a CEO, what her next move is, blah, 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 she looks at the crystal ball. Somebody sent me a request two months ago. Do you have a job description for a national sales leader in mortgage? And I said, yeah, I'll get it to you in a couple hours. So I didn't have it, but I put my team on it. And within about 15 minutes, we had four really great job descriptions for a national sales leader in mortgage. We sent the links off to this other person. It was like we were heroes. So you got to be in the solution business. I got to help people win to do that. I got to be in the solution business. And then the biggest thing is I've got to engage. And I think the biggest mistake LOs make is they are not engaged with their clients. The gears are not in sync, right? And so we have this, this, uh, this, this idea of what is really true relationship look like, right? And so write these down. Chemistry. If you don't have chemistry, you will not have a relationship. Number two is conversation. If I don't have chemistry, I'm not gonna have the same kind of conversation. Conversation leads to collaboration. Collaboration is how do we together help you win, help our clients win, okay? So if I have chemistry, I have conversation, I have collaboration, and then I have conflict resolution skills because of all those three things. If you love me and I love you and we have a speed bump, we'll figure it out. Okay, so if I have chemistry, conversation, collaboration, and conflict resolution, that equals connection. And here's what we know about connection. Connection will spin up your profit margin by 26%, and connection will spin up your sales by 85%. If you don't connect, you don't convert. That's straightforward. So engage. Man. Great. Thank you. Wow. Yep. Okay, Ben. Hey, Todd. So question for you here. I loved what you were saying about um, the trust. How can I be the hero? How can I help you succeed? 
what does winning look like? It totally makes a ton of sense in terms of building that relationship. Uh, my last question for you really is related to, you've written a lot of wonderful books. Is there a book that you have found inspirational over the course of your career? And has that book changed over time with how your career has evolved? Yeah, so the, the, first, um, the first answer is, there's so many books. I don't even know which one, you know, to point to, but, but I have been a book reading junkie from, from day one. My grandmother gave me a book when I was 16 called success through a positive mental attitude. The last thing a 16 year old probably wants to do is read a book on positive attitude, but I read it. It was by W W Clement Stone and Napoleon Hill. And the thing I still remember today after reading that book when I was 16 was this quote. There's very little difference between those that succeed and those who don't. But the little difference makes the big difference. The little difference is attitude. The big difference is whether it's positive or negative. And I remember that quote today from age 16 in a book this thick, Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude. And I think that was the book that started changing everything for me. And then, um, and then, and and then, early in my career, I read um, uh, Napoleon Hill's book um, on on just the the whole persona behind being wealthy and rich, right? And um, and there's so much about not money that makes you rich. And when you have the stuff that doesn't have to do with money, you end up attracting money. And, um, and I love that. I, I love that, that whole persona. And, and then I read a book by Rich DeVos, who was the founder of, of Amway. And that book was called Believe. And I believe at the heart of everything is, is you got to believe. You got to believe that you can do it. You got to believe in your potential. You got to believe in your God-given gifts. You got to believe that there's a reason you're here. And you got to believe that you can make a difference. And if you believe at that level, the world is your oyster. That simple. Man, love it. Hey, and, and let's, let's do this real quick. Um, I'm going to have, uh, Ben, do you want to say anything with MGIC? Um, we're going we're gonna to get the end. Todd, you're going to give us the closing uh, bit. But what I want to do is next, I want Ben, you say something, anything you want to talk about with Loan Officer Hub. And then we're going to have Denise, the same order. I want to hear one or two tactics in 60 to 90 seconds of what you're doing. And then Todd, I want you to give a closing thought and then I'll end the session together. So Ben, any, anything you want to add? Yeah, just might as well mention Loan Officer Hub. We have a brand new podcast page, definitely worth checking out. Our goal there is only the best content makes it on. So everything is worth your time. Uh, and 99% of it is not MGIC owned content. So it's thought leaders across the industry uh, to really spread that wealth of information. And MGIC just loves each and every one of you and thanks you all for being on here. Hey, and thank you for being such a big voice in this industry. Uh, we love what you're doing and uh, really leading the charge. Okay, so my favorite part, Denise, not my favorite, Todd, you got to know, bro, I got like two pages of notes. Uh, it is insane how many great nuggets in, in the insight. Just on a personal note, I've been doing this 18 years, and you were one of the first people I started listening to. And uh, wow. it has been an amazing journey. It's an honor to be here. Uh, now, Denise, how, give us a couple of tactics. So uh, 60, 90 seconds, what are you doing to produce 90? And I know your goal's 100 million. Uh, and a little known fact for you guys watching, she's an identical twin. And I'm an identical twin. So what's up for twins? Come on. I love it. Hey, so, okay, give, give everybody, what are you doing to win? How are you going to break 100 million this year? Okay, so I kind of have a confession. This goes back to Todd's time blocking and 
So I've been in this business since 2012 and I kid you not, I'm trying to get better every single day, week, month on managing my emails and my inbox because holy crap, you just like get sucked in. So here's my confession. Within the last seven days, I have actually set up more rules in my Outlook email inbox that helps me shuffle through three to 400 emails a day that now I can tailor make it so that it's just the important stuff. I don't know why that took me so long to do. It's been so magical in my brain. My brain cells don't even have to pay attention to that. I can look at it later. So number one is there's tactics that you can do in your Outlook calendar or your Outlook inbox to make your time more efficient. Um, the second thing is, is my private Facebook group has been a game changer for me in the last year. I'm very yep. um, public with social media, but I coined myself as the mortgage nerd. I have a nerd club alum. And so to get in my private Facebook group as a real estate agent, I have to be your exclusive lender. And in that group, I offer very strategic, special content that the masses don't get that they can basically swipe and adapt and use for their own stuff. I don't need the praise, but to get in the group, Boom. you got to do the dance with me. So amazing. Um, amazing. I've been able to, to leverage a lot. Hey, Denise, and while we're in this, I'm going to get you to commit to join the loan officer podcast and we're going to share it and Ben's going to put it on the hub for us. Would you do that? I'll do we got, that. Okay. We got to do it. Okay. So I got you. Hey, and Adam, talk to us a couple strategies. I'm just glad that Denise isn't in my market. That's what I'm happy. That's <laughs> um, but uh, as it pertains to realtors, my whole motto and thought process is focused on deal number two. Deal number one is easy to get. You have coffee with someone, you hit it off, they give you a shot. But focusing on deal number two is the most important part, um, just so you don't burn bridges, you don't you know, uh, drop the bread when you get it. Um, the process is the most important part of what we do. Like Todd said, it's got to be systematic. It's got to be smooth all the way through because if you get a deal from a realtor, that's great. But can you get the second one? Closing alone is super, super hard. So just creating that smooth process to get deal number two, uh, that's definitely the most important piece, especially for young loan officers who are just starting, but you have to go shotgun. You gotta just spread yourself wide, wide net. Um, but to get, you know, your top people, uh, it's just focused on deal number two. Man, that's so good. Hey, and, and also go back and listen to Adam's podcast because he talked about a daily routine that wins and how he exploded his business so quickly. So it's a big deal. Uh, Lizzie, give us a couple tactics. Um, I would concentrate on having five impactful conversations every single day where you're delivering value and taking homework. Um, I think if you do this consistently, you will have a business that's beyond what you can dream of. But five impactful conversations every single day. Wow. That's great, girl. Come on. Hey, now tell me, what's the homework? What do you mean by homework? So, what, you know, one of the things that Todd said was if you actively listen, you listen to take action. So I constantly are listening for ways when I, for how I can provide value back to my real estate agents or my clients. Um, I think that if you live and lead by that, you're giving out so much more people automatically feel committed to helping you succeed. So wow. I just do that on a committed level every day. Yeah, that makes sure you're not just listening. I mean, it's easy to have a conversation, but to take action's a whole whole different step, girl. Mm -hmm. Huge. James, what you got, brother? Yeah, so you know, it's always been really important to me to do the best I can to educate the customer, make sure they feel really informed and that they're choosing the right decision, they know why. Um, the challenge as volume has picked up is to be able to get adequate time with everyone. So 
while I've been doing video for years, you know, with just me talking and everything, I'm doing a lot more kind of screenshot videos where I'm walking through things and explaining. Um, and I'm getting a lot of great feedback from our clients who can go back and watch it with their spouse at a later time. They can rewatch it multiple times. Uh, so really just getting more into the use of video technology from the kind of um, uh, walkthroughs and, and going through things, just educating virtually that way is, is really leveraging our time. And uh, our customers still get that kind of feeling of being equipped, you know, and, and they understand why they're doing this or that. So. Man, that's a great strategy. Hey, and listen, does anybody, any of the special guests, do y'all have a question for each other? Just out of curiosity. Okay. No. Okay. Hey, listen, I'm one of the stalking you guys later. Yeah, <laughs> please do. Hey, and listen, one thing I was going to tell you, one of the strategies we're winning with uh, seeing break it, literally breakthrough record numbers has been when you touch the client, touch the partner. And I know that's super, super simple, but when you run out of time, what we're finding the effectiveness is every time we touch a client, turn around and call the partner and it's giving us more bandwidth. We're going deeper in conversations and where you may only talk to them once a week or every other week for the ones that aren't referring you as often, it gives you the ability to touch them more often with an effective conversation. So hopefully that'll help. Hey, let me give some closing thoughts and then Todd, you're gonna have the honor of wrapping this thing up. Um, hey, let me just encourage you guys, go uh, check out hightrust.com forward slash L-O-L-P uh, for the free diagnostic and coaching call offer. Uh, we're thrilled. We're going to, the video will be posted in the Facebook, uh, Loan Officer Leadership Facebook page uh, for you guys to go back and watch. We'll come back and post these additional links. Make sure you join our community. Check out Loan Officer Hub and stay connected for next month's Join the Conversation. Hey, and one of the things we always say is this, anything worth doing is worth doing. And everybody would normally say, right, that's what my dad used to say. But here's the thing, anything worth doing is worth doing badly. Just get started. And with that, Todd, give us some closing thoughts and it's, it's, uh, let's hear from you. Well, two, th two things on, on that note. I would say that, that you've got to embrace failure and resistance. I mean, the greatest thing about being a top producer is you're just failing faster than other people and you have a more positive attitude to failure as a gift. So try things, you know, risk, if you don't take risk, you're actually creating more risk. And so embrace the idea that just like daylight's not possible with darkness, without darkness, success is not possible without failure. And, and then I would say to that last point of, of contacting the partner, I would say that what I'm watching is we need to turn down the promotion and we need to turn up the emotion. And what I'm seeing right now is the people that are connecting more deeply are doing more business than anybody that's got auto marketing, digital marketing, and just sending stuff out. I think Denise is right. I think a private relationship with key people is the key. Um, I focus on birthdays every day. Today, I have 21 birthday calls that I got to make, and they're all going to be video. Over the course of a year, I've got close to 3,000 birthdays of CEOs and decision makers that I acknowledge. By far, it's the most important thing that I do because it allows me two to three minutes to touch base with somebody I care about. People don't uh, care how much you know until they know how much you care. It's that simple. And so, you know, this is a world in which connection is not any longer a option. It is a mandate. And the best way to connect is not to promote, but to talk to people. That's it. My goodness. Come on, man. Mic drop. It has been an honor and pleasure. Good. And we are thankful to have each of you.